Attention, everyone. This is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn off your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go so that you can make the sound we broadcast as loud as possible. Welcome to the Kaiju Cast, the only podcast that I am aware of that is 100% dedicated to giant Japanese monsters. We're kicking off the second episode just a little late in the month. We're just barely squeaking by in the end. But I wanted to thank those of you that stumbled upon or were forced upon my last episode and wrote in. I had a great time recording it, and I hope to have a blast tonight as well. We'll be doing the same sort of show this time. I have a special guest with me in the, quote, studio, end quote. Miss Jody Luce is here to talk big rubber monsters with me and listen to some Godzilla music. And I'll also have some giant Japanese monster news, courtesy of my friends over at SciFiJapan.com. So uh, having blown through my intro notes, let's get the ball rolling with some tunes from the classic Godzilla film, Son of Godzilla. Thank you. 
Mysterium! The Mysterium! The Mysterium! You are now inside a flying saucer. Our destination, the planet Earth. We are the Mysterium. Our race is old, dying, our planet dead. Only you of Earth, you and your women, can give us life. And what we want, we take. Swooping down from outer space. Blowing up from the lower depths. The Mysterium. Creatures who knew the uttermost secrets of the atom before our planet was born. Love-hungry spacemen come to seize our women that their dying race may live. It started in the east. Soon it swept the west. The all-out horror of interplanetary war. See giant robots no earthly weapon can destroy rip a path of destruction across the land. See the forces of nature harnessed to the invader's will wipe entire cities from the face of the world. See the earth itself crumble beneath your feet. Threatening our civilization with weapons beyond the belief of modern science. Flying ray guns that blast everything before them. An impregnable fortress that hides in the earth. Gamma rays that melt the heaviest armament. As men and machines disintegrate before your eyes. The Mysterious. What power can stop their ruthless advance? See the blazing holocaust of an earth gone mad. See on the giant screen in flaming color. The Mysterious.
sure you all are the songs we just heard there were godzilla and minya 2 from uh, masaru sato from the son of godzilla soundtrack the following song was the appearance of mecha godzilla a little short number from 
again, Masaru Satu from Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla, the 1974 version. Uh, after that was a fantastic long audio grab from the Mysterians trailer. Um, that's the American release, and those guys, I love those trailers because they just are so over the top. Everything is the craziest thing you've ever seen up on the screen, the Mysterians! So um, I always like playing those. Uh, and then after that was actually Furious Electric Cannon Assault from Akira Ifukube from The Mysterians. And then uh, I played King Ghidra Attacks Fukuoka, another Ifukube track, but this one was from his 1991 soundtrack from Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah. And then I finished that up with Keith Emerson's Rodan Attacks New York City from Godzilla Final Wars. Anyway, I'd like to introduce my guest for this month's episode. She is not only my girlfriend, but also a kindred spirit. Jody, like me, is a geek. She loves science fiction, reads loads of books. She's working on a Star Wars costume. She's an avid gamer, and one of the first Godzilla-related things she said to me was that she didn't consider the Matthew Broderick Godzilla a real Godzilla movie. You gotta love that. Well, so, it's not. <laughs> welcome to the Kaiju Cast, Jody. Thank you very much. So, tell me, what was your very, very first Godzilla experience? Well, originally, I thought it was when I was flipping through the TV and I saw this old. I can't. I, th- I want to say it was black and white, but I honestly don't remember for sure. It turns out it was Rebirth of Mothra, which at the time I was like, oh, look, a Godzilla movie. Why is Big G not in it? And it took me a long time to put two and two together. So actually, I believe it was the movie I watched with you, which was that Final Wars that we watched? I don't remember what we watched first. I I don't remember. Uh, We watched, since we've started going out, we've seen several Godzilla movies together, so... I'm not sure what our first was, but uh, I believe it, oh, actually, I believe it was Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidra, Giant Monsters, All Out Attack. Yes. That's the one with that sounds uh, right. yes. Baragon in it. Yeah. So. Baragon, yay. So, so let's figure out, how many Godzilla films has Jody seen now? So we started with GMK, and then what else have you seen? I know I lent you some. Well, I took three home. Um... One of those was Vers- Mothra. Yeah, Mothra. Mothra versus Godzilla from 64. I know I had um, one of the, the Ghidra one. Ghidra the Three-Headed Ghidra. Monster. Yes. Which was came out right after that one. And then I can't remember if that batch was the King Kong one or if it was in the next batch I borrowed from you. Yeah, so you've seen GMK. You've seen Mothra versus Godzilla. Ghidra the Three-Headed Monster. King Kong versus Godzilla, and Destroy All Monsters. And recently we watched versus, uh, versus Mechagodzilla. That's right, the 1993 Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla movie. And we tried to watch the original, although we kind of got interrupted in that. Yeah, my friend came over when we were trying to watch <laughs> Godzilla King of the Monsters. but uh, And I continued to try to watch it. You guys yeah, kept she, distracting me. She was a trooper. <laughs> and, you know, She just... Sat there and did her best to watch it, even though we were being loud <laughs> and only five feet away. So yeah, I'm going to have to watch it again. Yeah. I really don't remember much of it. Well, we'll probably, I mean, now that you've seen, literally seen what Steve Martin does in the movie, which is Raymond Burr's character, 
now that you've seen that, we should probably just watch the original in Japanese with the subtitles. Because I also have that. And I'm fine with that. Yeah. We should do it. Okay, so out of those movies that you've seen, which one has been your favorite? That's actually a tough one because so far I've enjoyed pretty much all of them. I find them highly entertaining. That they are. I really like Ghidra. I know that's kind of like, uh, really, everyone likes Ghidra. But I don't know. It's a dragon. (laughs) Well, no, Ghidra is a good, I mean, as far as a movie goes, it's an interesting movie to me. I mean, I think that Ghidra the Three-Headed Monster is, uh, it doesn't follow your typical uh, monster story where accident happens, scientists investigate, monster destroys things, scientists or whoever figures out a way to get rid of it. So, I mean, Ghidra's got this crazy plot about some princess who is uh, being assassinated mm-hmm. or these guys are attempting to assassinate her and then she's actually a star person, you know, from outer space. Yes. And that it's it's a really cool movie. I mean, that then, as I mentioned in the last episode, that's the movie where Godzilla flips that switch from being the badass who smashes Tokyo to someone who actually is willing to fight for the Earth. Mm-hmm. And he and Mothra and Rodan put the pound down on King Ghidra in the end. Notice it took all of them to do so, though. Yeah, no, that's a that's <laughs> that, a good that's point. Like seriously, that makes in my book that makes Ghidra kind of a badass. Well, you saw destroy all monsters. That was like how many monsters? That was probably <laughs> like seven different monsters fighting against King Ghidra, mm-hmm. and it took all like pretty much took all seven of them to defeat him. Yeah, we won't count Minya because I don't really know. <laughs> he, I know. Minya did his fair share and blew the mm-hmm, little mm-hmm. smoke ring thing around Ghidra's neck. Poof. However, that works. <laughs> um, no, that's a that's a great answer. God, uh, Ghidra the Three-Headed Monster is a good movie. Um, if anybody's wondering, I have not shown her the best Godzilla movie yet, which is Monster Zero. That's coming, though. We almost <laughs> watched it one night, but then I was like, oh, you know what? Let's watch King of the Monsters instead so you can see the first one. I also, because I got an email from somebody who uh, was from the Atari forums, I uh, figured we could talk about this because we have a little bit of experience. You and I, and uh, sometimes Tiger, who is my son. And Martin. And Martin. And some other people who have come over. <laughs> Whoever comes over, pretty much. Yeah. We've spent some time playing the most recent Godzilla game for the Wii, Godzilla Unleashed. Uh, so I wanted to talk about that for a bit. So. Sure. Please give me your 30-second review of the game, if you will. Well, it was actually the first fighting game that I have played with the Wii. And so it took a little while to get used to the controls, especially when you realize, oh, wait, I have three dimensions. I need to remember to move the remote and the, the joystick, the nunchucks, and things like that. But once you get used to the controls, it's actually a fairly fun game, I think. Um, I find the smaller monsters to be fairly versatile as far as being able to unleash different attacks and things like that. Um, Parts of it I don't understand, and I think that's because I have not played through the story mode yet, Mm. or whatever the equivalent is. Yeah, the story mode. You know, I've got um, all three of those games. I've played all three of them, the, the first one being 
Godzilla destroy all monsters melee. The second one was Godzilla save the earth. And then this one, of course, is Godzilla unleashed. And um, I have to say, from where I sit, it looks like every time they come out with one of those games, the designers and the developers have this grand um, plan for a single-person game and uh, the story involved in that game. And when you actually get down to it, I think they either run out of money or run out of time. (laughs) I'm not really sure, but... Um, they still make an enjoyable game, but the whole single-player stuff in Godzilla Unleashed is actually, it's like instead of using cutscenes, they're using a storyboard. So they've got a, hmm. a drawing that, you, that sits up there, and then it's got subtitles, and, you know, it's dubbed over. Or not dubbed over, but, you know, has voice actors playing out the roles mm. of the different characters. And I think, you know, the... Anybody who buys that game, for the most part, is really getting it because they want to smash a city. They want, for real. They want to be Godzilla. They want to fire the breath, and um, it's so the game does not fall short in that aspect. But it is a little strange to me that they that they put um, a lot of, I think, pre-production effort into those story modes, and then they just kind of fall flat. Um, I don't re- exactly remember how um, Save the Earths went, but uh, I remember uh, Destroy All Monsters Melee and also the Save the Earth had like um, aliens, like the Planet X aliens or the Kelax from Destroy All Monsters, and they they were trying to take over the Earth and take over the the uh, the monsters. I don't actually have my Xbox set up anymore, so I can't play those games, but um, you know, if somebody wants to write in and remind me what the story modes were about, that would that'd be cool. I'd totally appreciate that so I don't have to dust off the old Xbox. I guess what I would say about the game is um, because I've played the first two, you know, a lot, even though I'm not very good at those games, I'm much more used to playing them with the control pad or the Yeah, you know, it's definitely a little clunkier with the nunchuck and the remote when you first start out. Yeah, and I think even aside, you know, n- not just starting out, but I think that when you are playing with the nunchuck and the remote and you're swinging your arms around, it's not as accurate as if you were actually playing when you're doing button combinations. <laughs> up, up, down. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, with the, these games, it's they're kind of, you know, a lot of people have said they're button masher games anyway. And, um, you can't button mash with with the Wii. No, it's really hard to link the moves together. Yeah, um, I still it, this you know somebody out there I'm sure could come and play me and kick my butt in the game, but I still have not figured out how to win a beam war. Like every single time, <laughs> I there I think maybe twice in my entire time of playing the uh, Godzilla Unleashed have I actually won a beam war with somebody and. You know, if you're not familiar with the game, that's where both monsters fire their rays at each other, and they sort of meet in the middle and create this sort of super-powered energy, and it kind of goes back and forth in between the two monsters until uh, something happens, and then (laughs) one of the monsters, usually mine, (laughs) 
one of the monsters falls back and the other monster wins that little bout. They don't, it's not a killing blow or anything, but it's still pretty cool. But in the last version, or the Xbox version of uh, Save the Earth I, and the PlayStation version too, like that that was so cool. I, I, I was actually kind of good at it. <laughs> and modest too. Well, I wasn't really, really good at it, but <laughs> I could beat Tiger a lot. Yeah, I could beat. Oh my, yeah, at the time he was seven. You know, <laughs> I was thirty-two, so I was pretty good. Um, the other thing about the that I miss, I really miss about the Wii version um, of this game is that when um, when they brought in the ability to pick up a building and throw it at your opponent, that was cool. That was like so awesome. Mm-hmm. In Save the Earth, which was the second game. They added the ability to catch the building and throw it back at your at the that person who initially rock. threw it. Oh and that gosh. was really fun, and I got I got to be kind of proficient at that. And that is completely missing. If it's not missing, I'm just really bad at trying to catch it because when you catch things on the Wii version, you actually have to move your hands back and forth like you're trying to grab something. It's really weird. It's it's a fun game. Clearly, I'm not going to stop playing the Wii version, but uh, I'm just a bigger fan of the con- of the controller from the Xbox and the PlayStation. Those, they work better for me. Well, they're what you're, you're more used to. I mean, even even if at this point you've logged more hours on the Wii, how many years have we all spent playing console games with a pad? You know. Yeah. One of the cool things about the game, um, in my opinion, is the music. Um, this game's music was done by a group called Heavy Melody Music. Like when I start that game up, the music just gets me amped to play. It's like for those who didn't notice, I use that same song as the intro for the Kaiju Cast, just because it gets me ready to go, ready to do my podcast, <laughs> and ready to talk about Godzilla. Um, it's the same song, you know. I put the intro, the intro that says "Attention, everyone." is from uh, Monster Zero. And then I put some other little Godzilla quotes and clips and roars and stuff in there too to break it up from being just a song. But on that note, let's actually take a break and hear one of the tracks from Godzilla Unleashed. This is the Angulus song.
And we're back. I don't know why I said that. But anyway, uh, for those who want to know, which, like I said, is everybody, the first uh, song we heard was Earth Defenders Anguirus, which was uh, from Heavy Melody Music, the Godzilla Unleashed soundtrack. The next was actually called GMK from Kawotani, and uh, that's, of course, from Godzilla Mothra, King Ghidra, Giant Monsters All Out Attack. One of my favorite titles of any Godzilla movie ever. <laughs> the following was Frankenstein versus the Giant Octopus from Akira Ifukube from Frankenstein Conquers the World. And then we followed that up with the main title from Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla 1993 from, again, Akira Ifukube. And uh, I do have another question for you that I forgot to ask last, uh, last time we were talking here. But... Do you know why I played those songs, Jody? Um, I would guess it has to do with the fact that we were talking about monsters that were in the video games. Yes. <laughs> Somewhat. Well, first off, I mean, Angulus, she, Jody likes to play Angulus because somehow she just wipes the floor with me every time. <laughs> I don't know how it works, but that's, that song was for her. Um, the next one was from GMK, which uh, actually has my favorite monster from um, Godzilla Unleashed, and my favorite monster is Baragon, um, and he's not in the title, unfortunately, but that's still a good track Baragon from the movie. Rocks. Baragon I mean, does rock. Come on, diving underground so your opponent can't hit you, and yeah, then jumping up and kicking their... That's yeah. cool. That's good. <laughs> and then th- the following song, the reason I played GMK is because... The Baragon from the game is actually in Godzilla Mother King Ghidra, but he originally appeared in a movie called Frankenstein Conquers the World. Um, I was going to play the Baragon track from there, but it didn't really do it for me. So I was listening to it, and uh, I chose Frankenstein versus the Giant Octopus for two reasons. One, because it was from that movie, and I could bring this up. And the second thing was because... Um, it's actually very interesting. That was a scene that was cut from the movie. They didn't actually show that, released some sort of video compilation or something that had footage from that on it. Um, I don't know all the details, but if you listen to a lot of Akira Ifukube's work, and I know that what I'm going to say might seem a little blasphemous, but he's got a lot of the same themes that are kind of rehashed for different monsters. Specifically, I found that Baragon's theme sounded a little too much like Rodan's theme from the first Rodan movie. And, you know, it's it's part of his signature, I would imagine, that uh, when Ifukube writes a score for a giant monster movie, it's got that Ifukube touch which is great and absolutely works. I mean, he did the the music for Daimajin, which I'm sure I'll play sometime. But as soon as the music comes on, you're like, oh, I know what I'm watching. But that track actually just has a really cool, slow, plodding feel to it that's a little different from what he usually does. And I'm assuming, I'm assuming that's because it, He's using a giant octopus, and it's out of the water and on the land, and it's probably a slow-moving creature. You remember in uh, King Kong versus Godzilla, the giant octopus kind of crawls <laughs> up on the land and yeah. crushes the, 
the house and then Kong fights it. Well, it's not a fast creature by any means, and Kong, of course, wipes the floor with it. Which really is rather interesting because octopi, in general, are quite quick when they wish to be. But even on land? Mm-hmm. Really? They just they don't go on land very often simply because they're aquatic creatures. They need well, to yeah, be in the water. I mean, but, yeah, they can move quick, especially when they're trying to get back in. Um, they're one of the most often escaped animals in zoos. They're very smart. There you have it, folks. <laughs> the real reason you tune into this show... <laughs> Random fact of the day. <laughs> ...to get an educational background in some sort of earth science. Anyways. Anyways. <laughs> uh, so that's that's why I played it. I mean, that's a it's a great track, and uh, it's got an interesting story behind it. And then, of course, the, we followed that up with... Mechagodzilla's theme song, or not theme, but the main title from the 1993 movie, which, again, I think is one of some of uh, Ifukube's best work comes from his uh, his soundtracks from the Heisei series. That was my explanation for how those tracks were played. And now I get to finish up that last question for you, which was, do you have a favorite Godzilla monster or Gamera monster? At this point, I would have to say I don't have a specific favorite. I do have monsters that when they show up on the screen, I'm like, ooh, yeah. And right, <laughs> right now, mostly that would be um, Ingress because of many things. But I was I actually put some thought into that question. Um, a, I can kick ass in the video game with him. B... He looks a lot like one of my favorite dinosaurs, which is the Ankylosaurus. And whose middle name is Kyle, by the way, if you didn't <laughs> catch that. Yes, because when I was very young, I knew that someday I would be dating a man named Kyle. <laughs> You'd find a geek named Kyle <laughs> who once liked dinosaurs too. Anyways, um, I am mostly drawn to... Uh, design when it comes to kaiju, how they look and there are certain things about most monsters where I'd be like I would do it this way, I didn't like that but for the most part I really like Ingress and Baragon it'd be my second probably so yeah alright so let me ask you something else about that, about Angulus or Angulus you know that he's gone through a few different redesigns mm-hmm. so um, I know you haven't seen all of those movies, but you've seen the, the figures that I have, at least. I have, and I remember paging through one of your books that yeah. had pictures. So, which version do you like best? There are three to choose from, literally. There are the 1955 version from Godzilla Raids Again. There is the uh, 19... Uh, 68 version, which is how he appeared in uh, Destroy All Monsters. And then there's also the version from Godzilla Final Wars, the 2004 movie. I'm not familiar enough with the designs to be able to say, it's that one. I'd actually have to look at them. Okay, up on that shelf there, which no one out there in internet land can see, but maybe I'll take a picture. And I'll post it on the website. Um, you have the orange guy. Mm-hmm. That's the seven. That's the sixty-eight version. Okay. Um, 
the original one, which is much smaller, is off to the right-hand side in front of, underneath Godzilla's tail. That's the, that's the one from the 55 version. That's the one from the 55 movie. Is that the little book thing, bookend thing you got from Tony? Yes. Yes. It's not a bookend. Um, Statue thing. Can't talk. Anyway. Yeah, that's, that's that one. Um, And then I don't have the Final Wars version out here. But uh, I like the one where he's not crawling on his knees. <laughs> I don't know which one that is. Uh, like when he rears up, you know, he's not actually on his knees. Like, well, like, that one up there has him rearing up. Yeah. That's the 55 version. I think that the 55 version is a very cool, idealized monster. In design, it's a really cool idea. But I thought that the execution of the monster in the film was a little tiny disappointing. Um, And, you know, something interesting about that movie, when we finally watch it, you'll be able to know, is that uh, they actually, they slow down the footage usually when we watch movies. And they're like, you know, Godzilla's running through a town. Well, the actor on the set is like going nuts. He's like going really fast and moving really fast and... Um, and when they, they film it in high speed so that it slows it down when we watch it. And, and, uh, but in that movie, they actually sped up the footage. So Godzilla and Angulus are kicking butt across, uh, I believe it's Kyoto and it's going very fast. They didn't speed it up like a Benny Hill movie, but they (laughs) sped it up enough (laughs) so that it, it's a, it looks a little, a little strange. Hmm. But anyway, that that movie it's good actually. You know, there's uh, Godzilla raids again has one of my favorite scenes ever in it, like very tense scene. Um, you know, everybody remembers Godzilla attacking Tokyo the year before, and so when Godzilla shows up again, and uh, he's on his way to the city from the you know the the ocean. Everybody's freaking out, and they're trying to figure out what to do. So they decide that they're going to shut everything down. Like, everything's going to get shut down. Complete blackout. Um, and they're just going to basically try and lure Godzilla away. Uh, they did a lot of stuff in the original, in the early movies with uh, light bombs, where a plane would fly over a monster and would drop a little parachute out of it with, like, a flare. And so in this scene in Godzilla raids again what happens is Godzilla's coming towards the shore everything's blacked out it's just really tense everybody's kind of like oh, I hope he doesn't come I hope he doesn't come <laughs> and then the planes fly overhead which gets his attention he turns around and they're dropping these these light bombs and they're leading him away from the mainland it's really See? cool but then these guys, I don't know why they decided, why the police decided that this was the time for a prisoner transfer from <laughs> one prison to another. Nice. But these prisoners get uh, get a hold of the truck, and they're, there's a huge high-speed chase, which is a little weird to have in a Godzilla <laughs> movie, but there's a high-speed chase through, uh, uh, through the city, which ends, of course, in the bad guys losing control of the automobile and 
driving right into like an oil tank. Nice. <laughs> and the thing explodes. Kind of the whole oil uh, tank refinery goes up in flames. And just when everybody's like, yes, Godzilla's walking away, <laughs> Godzilla goes, excuse me, what's that going on behind me? And he turns around, and that's pretty much the beginning of the destruction. It's a fantastic scene. I will have to keep an eye out for that. It's a fantastic scene in a boring movie. <laughs> that's unfortunate. But anyway, um, still boring, but I still love it. You know. Well, of course. But of course. And, uh, my favorite version of Angus is actually from the uh, Destroy All Monsters when he, he looks... He kind of looks more cartoony, but there's something about the design that seems cooler. I I mean, and, you know, now he and Godzilla are friends. They're buds. <laughs> yes, because giant monsters need friends. They were able to put aside <laughs> their differences and become friends. All right, well, we're going to go ahead and go on to our next section. United Nations reporter Eric Carter with the news. The world is stunned to discover that prehistoric creatures exist in the 20th century. The armies have been alerted as we wait for more news from Japan. Did you like that? That was uh, that was my little Godzilla news intro. <laughs> I did that. Uh, my friend Eric suggested that I have a little little intro for that. It's nice. It's nice. I got to work on that a little bit more. But uh, anyway, it's time for Godzilla news. So what does that mean? That means it's time for uh, me to literally just dip my foam rubber hand into other people's work <laughs> and regurgitate it for you, the listener. It's so shameful, isn't it? But uh, I digress. Let's dig in. I've got four stories here. They're all from my friends at SciFiJapan.com. You know, we've talked a lot about Godzilla, and we talked a little bit about Gamera, um, but there are a couple of other studios that have put out giant monster movies. And one of them is a company named Shochiku, which I think I'm saying right. Anyway, my friend Keith in LA, who does a ton of work for Sci-Fi Japan, he wrote an article, and I have a, a little uh, anecdote to share. I was sitting in a restaurant with some work folk, and it was one of those bars where they have the televisions up on the wall. I was sitting there, and I noticed that Gilala, which is one of the more obscure Japanese monsters, was on the screen. Odd, I thought. Mostly because I have no idea where anyone would have dug up that movie, and odder that they were playing it on whatever station was on, because, you know, usually those are, like, sports channels. I quickly noticed, however, that the monster was the same, but this was an ad for a company called The Ladders. I sat there and shook my head for a moment, sort of staring at the TV in disbelief, kind of looking at my coworkers and looking back up on the screen and saying, like, is this really happening? <laughs> and I uh, just kind of wondered how it all happened because it was, a, you know, it was actually kind of a cool commercial. I'm not going to ruin it for anybody, but uh, Keith wrote a report about the production of that commercial, which includes some information about the original film and it's brand new sequel and even more stuff about kind of like behind the scenes things and some uh some other upcoming information about future uh releases whatever you'd call a commercial from the ladders um it's actually kind of interesting and also for anyone who hasn't seen the commercial they have it on their website so make sure you go check that out 
So was the movie that that monster was taken from also called Gilala? It was, but the uh, title for the worldwide distribution was called The X from Outer Space. It's an interesting movie, actually. I just watched it with Tiger a couple of weeks ago. Or, nice. And so um, that's uh, we'll definitely have to check that one out. There's a whole, there's a ton of movies, you know. There's like 28 Godzilla movies, and, you know, there's probably about, I think there's 10 or 11 Gamera movies, and then there's a couple other random ones, and then there's some I don't even have. But uh, The X from Outer Space is interesting. It's definitely not what I would call a fantastic movie, but it works. <laughs> And speaking of Gilala's sequel film, uh, fan-favorite DVD company Media Blasters has gotten a hold of the U.S. distribution rights for a 2009 DVD release. I'm actually very interested to hear about that because I haven't been following the production or information about that movie at all. So kind of looking forward to seeing what comes out of a sequel to Gilala. Um if you're interested in even more obscure kaiju, this one hops the pond, so to speak, and uh, finds itself coming from Korea. You might be saying to yourself, really? There are Korean giant monster movies? You don't have to actually say that, Jody, but... I wasn't going to. I was just going <laughs> well, to Well, oh boy, <laughs> are there. The bad news for us is that I don't actually own any of those movies yet. So I'm not too well-versed in the different beasts, but Sci-Fi Japan contributor Kim Song-ho seems to be just that guy, and he's showing the fans that while Korea may not be known for their kaiju, that doesn't mean they don't have their own merchandising (laughs) tie-ins. So check out two articles on Sci-Fi Japan for a deeper look into some of the cool stuff that we'll probably never see here unless uh, you seek it out on one of those popular internet shopping or auction websites. Um, There's the article called... Merchandising Yonggu, which uh, I think ties in mostly to a movie called Dragon Wars, which I have seen. Not too bad. A lot of really good effects in that movie. And another movie called, another article, excuse me, (laughs) called (laughs) The Korean Monster Figure 3 Pack. And it's kind of like those little art figures that you see in the stores that are uh, kind of cutesy and too expensive. And they, uh, (laughs) Yeah, there's Yonkari and Pulsagari, or Pulgasari, I can never remember how to say that, and another monster that I've never even heard of. So, that's Godzilla news. Funny, none of it was actually about Godzilla. Well, hopefully in future months that will change. I'm I'm sure, because those guys, (laughs) those cats at Sci-Fi Japan, they really know how to track down their scoops. Anyway, that's about... uh, that about does it for this episode of the Kaiju Cast. I wanted to thank Jody. But of course. Not only for coming to shoot the radioactive breeze with me, but also for being a budding Godzilla fan. If you found this podcast from iTunes or some other podcast directory and want to check out the blog, log on to kaijucast.com. And if you'd like to make suggestions or just share some praise for the show, I'd totally love to hear from you. You can send an email directly to controller at kaijucast.com, and I will almost definitely write you back. I'm going to leave you with the ending track to Godzilla's Revenge by Kunio Miyochi. Thank you for tuning in, and I'll make sure to have another show online next month. Ja mata! Ja mata!